Hello and welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are bringing you Transformers news from around the world and also uh, especially today around Australia. Specifically, I think like Sydney and Tasmania. But that's, that's kind of, that's like a straight line on the eastern coast of Australia. Around Australia, okay. This is episode 179. We are recording live on January 25th, 2019. That means that we have the, uh, the extraordinary distinction of recording on Australia Day Eve. Uh, I don't know. I, I, is, any, is anyone else like geared up in singlet and thongs like me? No. Uh, anyone watching? Anyone watching the video will see that this is not true. But no. I mean, I, there's there's always the debate of whether or not I'm wearing wearing pants at the very least. But you know, that's yeah. that's a mystery just, we may never solve. Ash has shrouding his pants. <laughs> I'm both wearing and not wearing pants or very thongs. Good. Very good. You've got quantum pants on. Anyway, uh, in this episode, we will be talking about Ash's pants. Uh, we shall then continue to talk about some Transformers Siege releases and whatever else is in the news of the week. All that coming up after this. Why I've gone into the Mario music? Well, actually, it's kind of appropriate, right? Because the the theme for the show is like an eight bit version of the Transformers theme. So you know. Mm. All right. Hello, and welcome to episode one hundred and seventy nine. I'm Jason. Joining me this week, we have Ash down in Launceston. How are you doing, Ash? Fantastic. It is muggy. It is warm, but I'm in a cool, cool, calm area surrounded by plastic toys. So I'm ace. So uh, yeah, it's it's muggy and warm pretty much right across Australia. Uh, we also have Max joining us from um, I believe I believe the city has been renamed to Melted Adelaide. Uh, you guys set a personal best this week with forty seven degrees. Uh, how are you doing? Well, yeah, I, I didn't know that it could be physically painful to breathe, but uh, <laughs> uh, going home from work yesterday, I found out that. Apparently, you, it can. Apparently, it can. 47 degrees. 47 oh, yeah. degrees. So, uh, look, I, I, I got I to point out that, like, while Australia has been basically everything but on fire, Sydney, because I live, I live towards the east of Sydney, um, like, Sydney's lovely because we have sea breezes. Yeah. And so, Sydney's forecast today was, like, 31, but it got to, like, 40 out in the west because there's no sea breezes. So... Oh, Tasmania's been a little bit on fire. Just yeah, a, li just a little a bit. Just a, just, it's a little island, so it's just a little bit on fire. Yeah, a little bit on fire. Look, I mean, you know they say about Australia, right? If it's not on fire, it's underwater. Or it's venomous. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm. And in that case, it's underwater because we've tried to drown it. Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, with without further ado, uh, we would usually cut to bot shots. However, bot shots is not up and running yet this mm. year. We, this is the second show of 2019. It's still January. Things are still getting off the ground. We're still organising bot shots for the year, so no bot shots to go to. We are going to instead. Um, we're going to go talk about some uh, new figures that we all picked up during the week. Well, well two of us. Sorry, Max. Two well. Some Do of us and the person who just is too much of a cheapskate nowadays to really commit to buying anything. 
<laughs> oh, the worst thing a collector wants to hear. Can't afford Fair it. enough. Fair enough. Last week, we talked about how Siege has finally hit Australia and uh, how it's in the chain known as Toy World, which means that it's everywhere in Australia that's important to Transformers collectors except New South Wales. Mm. We also had the uh, odd distinction of it only actually at the time. It was only in Victoria anyway. This week, Siege went nationwide except New South Wales in, in Toy World stores. <laughs> and uh, finally, finally, the drought broke on Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon? Was it Friday? No, today's Friday. It was yesterday, Thursday afternoon, when uh, news of sightings of siege figures came out and they were at Hobbyco. This is great. Siege is available. Like, it's nice. You can get new toys. However, mm-hmm. Hobbyco, in general, just charges about 10% more than everyone else. Deluxes were $40. That's uh, harsh. Voyages were fifty-five dollars, and leaders were a hundred dollars. Oh, really? That is super oh. harsh. Wow! <laughs> it, is, Toy World. it is quite harsh. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Like, thanks, thanks, Toy World for the pricing for the rest of Australia, but Hobbyco. Mm, thanks for selling them, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for at least at least providing an option, even if it is the most isn't the most attractive one. Yeah. So, um, I having having been armed with this knowledge, I ran into Hobbyco after work last night and uh, ran into Declan, who, who was there. Declan is uh, better known by his YouTube alias of Doctor Lockdown. Uh, so we uh, grabbed some siege figures, grabbed some bot bots, which were also on sale at uh, at Hobbyco, and uh, promptly took some photos. So, uh, are the bot bots priced accordingly, or are they still got the Hobbyco ten percent more? The bot bots also have the Hobbyco tax, so um, you can't get change out of a fiver for a single bot bot. They actually don't have the single packs; they have ah. the five packs and the eight packs, and the five packs are eighteen dollars, and the eight packs are twenty eight. Oh, that's just annoying! Mm. It's the only real way to describe that. The twenty five dollars for the eight pack down here in Toy World's fantastic. Yeah. So look, I, look. I, so I've purchased the I've purchased the Voyager class Optimus Prime. I've purchased uh, Skytread because, like, I lack me a Duocon. I got myself a five pack of bot bots that uh, contain figures that I didn't already have. There's some other packs like because I ordered two of the um, I ordered two of the five packs off Amazon a couple of months ago, and uh, that means that I have various figures that might already be in packs. So when I buy m- new packs of bot bots, I need to be a little bit careful. You're rolling the bot bot dice. Speaking of, is there a bot bot that turns into a die, like a D6? I can uh, at some point. I feel eventually, like there should, there should be. Yeah. I feel like eventually, it's one of those things that eventually there's going to be a bot bot for everything. I, I, I think I think the goal is that by the end of 2019, there will be a bot bot for every single every single house appliance that uh, is imaginable, imaginable, and some that are not. Yeah, and then they're just going to start going completely off the rails. Yes, yes. So, Ash, I believe you picked up some. Uh, you picked up a Skytread this week as well. I did. Uh, as of today, I'm now the proud owner of a Skytread, who is a fantastic little deluxe figure. Uh, obviously, I'm very, very unique in the sense that uh, Toy World is very generous with the prices because you know instead of the forty dollar price tag, you get change out of forty bucks for this guy, which is yeah. Fantastic. So, so it's uh, he's thirty five. Really, is the mm. recommended retail price yep. on thirty four ninety five. Really good price point. I've also got myself a. Uh, I've also got myself a Skytread, and look, mine are in uh, vehicle mode. Yours are in robot mode. So mine hey, is in. How uh, handy is that? Mine is in bot mode with a uh, supernumerary pretend I'm Blitzwing gun attachment on the back. So, yeah, 
I, I love it. I absolutely fantastically love this figure. I also got myself one of the weaponizers because I was interested in sort of how they work. I do like the idea of sort of the, the little mini master dudes that turn into guns, but I had no idea that the weapon effects that came with the weaponizers were actually rubbery, wibbly, wobbly, which I think is fantastic. I do need to ask a question. If you can just reattach that to where you had it. To so where I had it originally? Yeah. What? As in, like, where he was, like, originally, oh, well, when he was when just you, sort of, just, like... Just when you detached it before. Right, right. Just hold it up there and show us. Hang on, hang on. I'll just... I'll click that. And, yeah, just turn him around. So what you're looking at here is what a man that effectively has the world's worst jetpack on his back. I it don't think it's look, meant it to look, go there, but it goes there. It looks like... It does look like someone lit his fart. Exactly. He's yeah. a rocket man, whether he wants to or not. So, yeah, that is that is Decepticon Blowpipe, who is a beautiful shade of baby Robin's Egg Blue. It's like <laughs> he is the least menacing-looking Decepticon I've ever seen in my life. Well, I mean, like, Megatron's white. Yeah, true, but he's not he's not Robin's Egg Blue. That's true. That's yeah. True. So, uh, yeah, weaponizers, I'm very, very keen on them. Again, lovely prices there at Toy World where sort of you can get yourself 10 bucks. 10 bucks. bucks. Ten bucks. It's it's stand, standard retail price for um those that, that figure class, right? Yeah, and it's it's a fantastic price point for sort of a bugger it, why not? You know, yeah, I pretty don't much. Need yeah. one, but for that price, bugger it, why not? So you know. Now uh, I'm just gonna just gonna shift the camera onto myself for a minute as well because I also then uh, I also did pick up this guy from uh, from Hobbyco. I figure if I am gonna spend some money on if I'm gonna spend some money on some siege figures. I may, I may as well go for Optimus Prime, right? So um, he does. So he, he you nice Optimus, but not Megatron. I did because I figured that uh, given that the given that the voyages were fifty five dollars, I figured I can buy uh, Megatron. I keep forgetting that they were fifty five dollars. Yes. Toy yeah. World forty nine dollars. You're like, oh, I could change it of a hundred bucks for two voyages, but yeah, yeah, no, I understand. So yeah, so uh, so basically, I bought I bought myself a Prime. Uh, um, I keep going to say flywheels. I, I, I will say flywheels, but um, Prime Skytrade. And I too have said flywheels several times, but obviously his documentation says very clearly he is Skytrade. It's accurate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Prime. Um, Prime has quite a. Uh, so Prime's got a, a bit of a backpack on him, but it's quite neat, right? Um, so like the the bulk of the the truck mode that's not sort of the the false chest uh, his, does. His... Backpack's oh, well, a bit more of a flat pack, isn't it? It's just sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. He, he's he's taken he's taken a few taken a few um, steps from IKEA, right? <laughs> so he's, he's he's got a flat he's got a flat pack backpack. Oh, there we go. And uh, three times fast. And like his uh, so his matrix chamber is present, but uh, <laughs> there is no matrix with him. <laughs> so I've instead chosen to store another Optimus Prime head inside his chest, which is all levels it's, of wrong. It the, is the, just wrong. <laughs> The empty Matrix Tramper is like, it's like, hey, you guys, you uh, you bought Power of the Primes, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you yeah. didn't, you you missed out. But yeah, I think the the story there is that it's not the Prime on the outside that counts; it's the Prime on the inside. Yeah, it, it's the inner Prime that counts. Yeah, most, right? exactly. So like, look, I, look, I'm pretty happy with the guy. Like, he's got, like, he's got some, he's got some pretty damn good articulation on the arm. There's a lot of, lot of sort of lateral movement there. Uh, his smokestacks sort of pop up a little bit, but uh, also like he does the does the swivel on the hip. Um, you know, le legs are quite solid. Like mm. um, the, again, I think the underside of the arms, uh, you know, probably attracts a little bit of criticism for sort of having hollow pieces. But other than that, like there's not a there's not a lot of hollowness to him. Like uh, mm. sort of like the back of the legs and are 
well filled in. It seems to be a recurring theme with the Siege figures, is that they're sort of very, very good with sort of trying to hide what would have been hollow and other ones. Like uh, Flywheels or Skytread, as it were, has a very similar sex, uh, section where he's, his entire bottom of his legs folds yes. in on itself and wraps everything up really beautifully. It becomes this perfect sort of chamber of just sort of leg meat but you know robotics instead whereas like you know your other figures you, know, you sort of can't help but go well that's hollow because it would have cost too much to fill it in but you know panels baby just panels I, I, I kind of feel with these in hand I do feel like we're getting a different type of plastic in Siege than we're used to in sort of the, the last series. It um, does feel a bit denser and I mean it's it's yeah. sort of a bit of a matte finish to it which I mean like Combiner Wars and Through Power of the Primes there was a lot of really shiny plastic that is there a, a bit of scuff. Is it, is it rubbery in any sense? Like is it more flexible than these ones? I'm just going to sit here and rub I'm my just thinking about, you know, maybe they've brought in yeah. different Hasbro plastics. There's no, like, other big Hasbro lines often have quite denser plastics. It has no flex to it, but it, it is a, a very dense plastic. Yeah, look, look I, I'll, I'll go with that. I think... Um... I, th I think it does feel. I, I think it does feel slightly softer. I think uh, it's not. It's not sort of as hard a finish. But that might also be sort of because of the uh, the finish that they're going for with the paint jobs on these guys. Mm. Which I've said several times, I'm not a fan of the the paint jobs on Siege. I don't really like the distressed paint jobs, and I still don't like. Yeah, um, I think so that's, I, a, that's very much a swing and a miss for me. I posted a picture of uh, I posted a picture of Prime on the discussion group last night, and someone just I think it was it was Prime sort of shot from the sort of from around here, so sort of like you can see, so like the, his legs went in shot, and someone's just like the the paint job on the top of his legs looked like he shit his pants. <laughs> like, I will just point out, thank you. It is Australia. Um, we we are we are the uh, we are Transformers Collectors Club Australia, and it is the eve of Australia Day. So, the description of a Transformer is looking like he has shit his pants. Is indeed uniquely Australian. It is. Thank you. It's very apt. Uh, yeah, very very apt, and also kind of accurate. Yeah. So just before we move on from Optimus, one question I did have is that he does have a very cool axe accessory that's a little bit unique. I mean, he's obviously had axes in the past, but usually they're sort of big orange energy axes and sort of interesting things like that. Is there any gimmicks with it? Uh, it looks like so, it has so, a gimmick. So, so the blades fold up. Um, I don't know if that's really a gimmick. I think it's just more a case of like it folds up so that it can transform. Now I guess it's more like he's now Pope Prime. Um, that or if you were to rotate it around, it's almost like he's got a guitar. His guitar, yeah. yeah he, look go. at that. He can, he can shred. I, you know, I'm, I, might, I might get animated sound wave out for a, uh, a photo shoot. But uh, there you go. You got Shredimus Prime happening. Yeah. Uh, well, I've already got Shredicus Maximus uh, packed away somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So uh, yeah. Now I believe you were saying also that uh, it looks like some of the some of the weaponizers can clip onto the axe as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is that Lionizer, who turns into a bit of a weird sword with a massive hilt, um, the weaponizers do actually come with images on the box that show the weapon effects, the rubbery weapon effects being attached to other parts of the line. And the example on the back of Lionizer appears to be Optimus Prime's axe. So I mean, I didn't take into account exactly how it works. I just went, huh, cool, and then moved on. So. I was actually wondering, is it possible that it's not the axe, but it's actually Taraxodon? I have no idea. I know that it's Optimus holding it, though. Oh, oh fair enough, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Optimus holding it. That's why I was like, I really wish I had an Optimus, and I don't. Fair enough. Um, last, last but not least, um, I will just point out also that the cutest Transformers on the face of the planet are also uh, now available in New South Wales. Um, 
now, you know, we did this last week where I went through the names of some of these guys and um, I've just realized that I threw out the, um, I threw out the instructions yesterday when I was at, oh. uh, yeah, so like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look them up, but uh, yeah. So uh, Transformers bot bots have officially been cited in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up a, picked up a pack. I reckon uh, I, there's a lot of love for this next guy that I'm going to, I'm going to show you. And I'm not sure whether this is his real name or not, but I've seen it online. Uh, I I give to you Burgatron. Burgatron is this dear, supposed? Is oh he got an afro there made out of patty, like a meat uh, patty may, afro? May, maybe, maybe it is the meat is, patty. Is this face know. the Italian flag? Uh, no, no. But he <laughs> is. He is very simply. If you just like fold him up, there you go. He's a burger. Oh, that's. That's kind of cool. I think I like that he's the grandson of the original McDonald's transforming burger. I think I think could, these, are, um, these are kind of they feel like spiritual successes in a way. In a, in a way, yeah, yeah. It's a little little popsicle as well. Yeah, and, uh, just in case you've got any jobs that need doing around the house, uh, it's a little hammer as well. I love the hammer guy. I only just saw the hammer guy for the first time today, and I, I just. The fact that there is a hammer, there is a chainsaw. Is there a power drill? Surely. I think so. The, uh, it, like, it must be. I, I need to locate more of the powerful ones. But uh, no, it's totally hammer time, right? Excellent. Now, I would actually uh, love it if his, if his bot bot name was something like MC. Oh, I totally should. I, I can't tell because I've thrown out the sheet of paper. But... Exceptional work. Exceptional work. I'll figure it out. Um Ash, do you want do you want to do you want to open up a bot bot live on the podcast now, or do you want to wait until acquisitions later let's, on? I was about to say let's let's do it now, if only because it's going to be quick, and because we've oh. had we have actually had a bit of a think about exactly how this works. So, you know, delicious bot bots four ninety five. That's change out of a fiver. This is my first one, and obviously this is one of the single packets. The way that it comes is that it's basically a giant pimple that you pot that you pop that includes a robot inside, and. We may know what's in here. One hundred percent. It's eighty-five percent less gross than popping a pimple. This is correct. So I'm I'm now going to do this in in the hopes that I don't accidentally you know launch it across my desk because <laughs> I've seen other people do that. So I think you need to just feel it and then use the perforation. Well, I tell you what, you are absolutely correct. This is just we, talk, we did talk about this before. We did talk about this. That's so just roaring the cardboard. So. It's it's in a plastic pimple, for lack of a better term. So uh, it is, it is in fact kid clobber, mm-hmm. which the discussion that we had earlier was that uh, apparently the bot bots actually have a number on the back of the packaging that does tell you who it is. And so as you can see here, it's a it's a boxing glove that I think has been mistransformed because of how oh, the that's hand actually works. That's but... that's... Kid clobber is a boxing I glove. I didn't realize it was a boxing glove when I looked at him earlier. That's which. Great. I'm absolutely positive I can transform this without even reading instructions, <laughs> which is fine is that, by was, me. Was that, when you say absolutely positive, was that 100% or was that like 90%? Uh, it was, It was. if I say I'm definitely going to do this correctly, I'm only going to make myself look like a fool if I can't. But uh, <laughs> it actually turns out that, yes, this is, uh, this is Kid Clobber. That's fantastic. He's, he even looks like he's been punched. He has a black eye and a, a missing tooth. So, and also, he's a boxing glove with a hand that is a boxing glove. I know he is going full meta in this. In this case, that's that's like the hammer guy wielding a hammer as a weapon. That's fantastic. fantastic. Yes. What it, what is not to love with bot bots, eh? I just the, the thing I love about these things is the fact that you read every single one of their. Re- 
ridiculous names. There's no other way to describe it. You've got Kid Clobber, and you've got like ridiculous things like a what is it? The, the there's a bonsai tree and all this stuff. But there's every single track. name, yeah, mm. every single name has been trademarked. <laughs> yes. So these absurd puns about household items. Hasbro has such pride in them that they've yeah. they've trademarked every single one. As we uh, as we pointed out last week, Sticky McGee. Yep, Sticky McGee, and there's like Sippy Slurps mm-hmm. is one of them. I love Slip, Sippy Slurps, and uh, Cheddar Jack, the Nacho Cheese Bucket. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was quite good. So good, in fact, that I've actually got another bot bot put aside for another time. But uh, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a an unveiling of a tiny little boxing glove man, and I love him, and he lives on my monitor now forevermore. Well, look, that was look, that was exciting enough that uh, like I can understand why you would want to hold on to that reveal for another time. Yes, I think I'm going to just make a habit of opening one every week at this point, just so I have an excuse to buy one. Fair enough. Fair enough. So um, if we were to go back over that news, uh, if you're in New South Wales, you can find... Transformers Siege figures at Hobbyco stores now. They will cost you a little bit more than usual uh, at Siege and Bot-Bots. Um, they've also got quite a good selection of Cyberverse and Bumblebee and a couple of leftover Transformers Power of the Primes figures as well. Mm, there's also been a very interesting sort of wave of, uh, if everyone's familiar with the leader class Cyberverse Megatron, suddenly seems to be appearing in shops again as if there was just like distributors are sending out more waves. Um, I, yeah, there's like I got, a lot of them around, isn't there? I got friends in Melbourne who have said that, yes, their local stores have somehow received half a dozen beef tanks. <laughs> tanks. Uh, beef tanks, uh, which is the uh, the accepted term for that massive, mighty, meaty Megatron, the beef tank. That also seems appropriate. Hmm. Um, one other thing to note about the uh, about the local release of uh, these siege figures is that uh, we do appear to have completely skipped wave one of the battle masters and jumped right into wave two. Uh, so we are we are actually looking at Wave 2 figures and uh, yeah, Wave 1 Battle Masters have gone missing and we don't have Wave 2 Micro Masters uh, anywhere at the moment. So uh, mm. I'll that photo up there. And uh, yeah, bit of a shame, but uh, look, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it will uh, I'm sure it will come to pass. They'll turn up eventually, even if it's two waves late. Uh, as, as is very often the case with our stuff. Sticking with Siege for a little while, so we do have some we do have some new photos now. These have been classed as in hand images. I will warn you that there are no hands photographed in these, uh, no hands present in these photographs. But we are looking at Ironhide. Uh, so War for Cybertron Siege Ironhide is uh, he's I think he's a Wave Two Deluxe. Um, so he's due out soon in uh, in the US and. Uh, a lot of these figures look really impressive, don't they? Mm. I'm really liking I, Ironhide. I think his transformation looks really interesting. Max? You were yeah, I, yeah, these figures, I don't know, I sort of, first of all, I sort of soured on them a bit, I think, because I'm like, oh, good, more G1. That's a, exactly what we've been lacking. But <laughs> to, to be honest, nowadays, I'm like, I look at them, I'm like, yeah, it is more G1, but they look damn good. They're really, they're good, really they? good. And I mean, just from hearing you guys talk about them, they are quite solid figures. And then, because yeah, you fact, really are. And then, you know, you get things like Ironhide, and you've seen a lot of Hound as well, where they just have all this 
you know, cross compatibility with, you know, other parts from figures and, you know, accessories mm -hmm. in a line. It's like. Hound looks incredible. Like just generally looks really cool. He does look. I had to. I had to choose a deluxe um, to get. I didn't want to buy too many of them because of the price point. So uh, I chose flywheels slash skytread. But uh, mm. the, so sideswipe and hound were also there, and they were. I was just really close to picking them up as well, but I decided <laughs> to wait. Um, so we are the photo that we're looking at here is um, uh, Ironhide with uh, it's is it six gun broken six apart? gun. Yeah, the six gun. He was a obviously one of those interesting sort of. What what are, what's the terminology we're using to describe cog and six gun? I don't think no. there ever was one. Yeah, like, but I, mean, I, like, I have to look this up now because do we need to discussion start... about these guys Reese, over the past few months? Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard an actual unified name for things like cog and six gun. I'm sure I'm sure there is one, but uh, what what I was going to say is because of the way that they've attached all these pieces to Ironhide, it does look like he has an extra couple of arms. He's, uh, he's got hands. Shoulder. There's, there's some shoulder hands. Shoulder hands. Yes, shoulder yes. hands. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, so very impressive. I'm I'm not super fond of this gimmick of sort of elevating figures in this line by putting things on their feet. Yeah, I like the idea of having the extra weapon sort of attached in places but the foot guns is a bit weird for me it, it works on fortress maximus and no other character yes pretty 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 king has feet guns but that's so, that's his thing so interesting here to look at the uh, look at the size difference in uh size difference that we're looking at here and uh so prowl is, is prowl must be wave two deluxe is he mm -hmm. So Correct. yeah, so like the the size difference between Prowl and Ironhide is quite considerable. Yeah, um, it almost seems like a studio series thing almost. Uh, it actually makes me wonder: Are we sure that Ironhide is a deluxe? Well, if he's a Voyager, he's a little boy. Mm, that's true. I don't know. Well, yeah, even I've heard some of the Voyagers in this lineup in recently sized. You know, yeah, and then you, you have things like whether leaders or you know they're. Like a bit more engineering packed into them, but the scale's different. And you have stuff where, you know, there's the leader prime and the Voyager prime, but it's all, you know, there's different size classes here, but it's all a unified scale. So I think it's mm. very, I think they're going for the same sort of thing here that they did in Studio Series, right? Where it's a, a unified scale and across the entire line. And I wouldn't surprise me if it was also a unified budget across all the figures in a certain wave. Where they can allocate, you know, slightly uh, more to one figure than another figure. So, like, they might make one figure more detailed, but uh, at the cost of another, but still in the same wave. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, surprise that. If it could be at a point where they can go, well, you know, this guy has a bit more personality. Let's put a little bit more engineering into making that happen. You know, that, or perhaps they are actually just going, hey, you know what? There is a slight scale difference. So, how about deluxe instead of deluxes are this big? Deluxes are between this big and this big. Yeah. You know? They yeah. can have sort of an effect of going, yeah, Ironhide would be slightly taller than the, you know, the car guys. Because if you look at it from a masterpiece scale, again, it's not the holy grail of scale, but it is a good indication in some cases. He's slightly taller. Not as tall as Prime, but taller. True, they are slightly yeah. bigger in masterpieces. Well, it's, it's probably also in part due to the fact that, you know, prior to the uh, Prime Wars trilogy, right, um, Deluxe's Voyages and Leaders Z often would vary in scale um, within their respective price points. But over the course of those three lines, especially uh, where combiners were involved, uh, 
right? It generally had to be a unified size for every figure at that price point. True, it maybe, maybe we'll just uh, combine it out. Yeah, well, it's been, what is it, since... It's been it for about three years or so, so especially just what we see as the default now. You're probably right. There, like there is a tendency, there is a tendency of uh, people, especially sort of in Transformers collecting, just go, "Well, this, this has been the case for the last two years, so it's been the case forever." Yeah, there's no way it could possibly change. Yes, yes. Until it does. So, uh, yeah, oh, man, look, look at that size. I mean, like, I actually do wonder if Ironhide is a Voyager. <laughs> He definitely looks like a beefy boy. He definitely does, doesn't he? That's yeah, a... on the six gun thing, just quickly, I looked into it and there's no unified name for those that style of characters, which is strange to me. Well, I think they're new. They're a new style of character, so yeah. I mean they were I don't think the like, originals did this, did they? What the six gun and whatever? Yeah. The exploded well, the base all... components and become weapons. Yeah, hmm. They all did that. It was oh. these are just the updates, and but there's no you know, yeah, there's no unify. Uh, enough, but you what know, I'm trying to say here, there doesn't have to be, it's okay, yeah, cool. All right, also, so, just checked, and Ironhide is a deluxe, so yeah, so definitely uh, deluxe, huh? I was, I was looking here, and uh, yeah, TFW's news article does indeed say Siege Deluxe Ironhide, so, so uh, he's just a big deluxe boy, he is pretty large for deluxe, so yeah. Um, I guess uh, again, look, you've you've unpacked a deluxe scale figure, Ash. So have I. There's mm -hmm. a bit of space left in that package, so mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, just just on that note as well, just for the sake of pointing out as well, the packaging for Siege is exceptional. I I'm really glad that they've moved away from sort of the old clamshell things. We have these really nice, interesting, visually distinct packaging with some really great art on it as well. I feel like the I feel like the move towards I mean they're, they're essentially they are reusable packaging. Um, yeah, you can I, actually put the figure back in if you want. Like I'm not a big yeah. person for keeping boxes, but these ones are nice enough that I actually think if I'm going to sell this guy, I can put him back in his box and give it to someone. Absolutely. Uh, look, I, I wonder if this is actually part of the uh, sort of amalgamation of lines with Hasbro and Takara. So. Um, it's sort of it's sort of a, we've seen this happen over the last couple of years with uh, say the last night figures and mm. um, I was a bit surprised that they went back for back to sort of blister packs for Power of the Primes but uh, we have seen it happen where sort of you, you end up with the boxed figures and then they have sort of the uh, they have the little hang tag attached to it so yes. what you get with Siege as well you do get the box and they do have the hang tag attached to the front one other thing that I thought was interesting about them is uh, I, I don't know if uh, i don't know if the store that you picked yours up from had the shipping boxes on the floor but uh mm. hobbyco did they don't they'd basically they'd just taken taken the shipping boxes out of the back out of the back and um we're just unpacking the figures when i went in there um the box the shipping boxes are tiny really like, oh actually yeah i have seen like, a picture yeah it's not it's not a case of like six liters to a box it's two yeah yeah. They've actually, and it's interesting because it makes you wonder if, like, are smaller stores getting less boxes and therefore getting sh smaller varieties of the range? Because, I mean, I know a constant problem for being somewhere in, like, being somewhere like Tasmania, it does mean that you run into a lot of cases where it's a case of, oh, yeah, we're getting the new figures, and they have, like, three of them. And you go, oh, yeah, cool, when you're unpacking the rest, they go, no, that's all we got. Well, so so you get Prime and Megatron in one box, you get... Um, 
uh, Magnus and Shockwave in another. Mm. You do get eight deluxes to a box. Um, so like the, the deluxes end up quite densely packed. Um, so there's obviously some double up in there. Uh, I think the one that I looked at had two cogs and two sky treads in there. Oh, okay. Um, must have been a couple of other figures that had doubles as well, but um, I can't actually think. Is there more than four deluxes in Wave One? Maybe they were both um, doubled up. Hound six. Uh, sorry, Hound Cog, Sideswipe, Sky Tread. So yeah, so those must, are the four must currently. Been, must have been doubles mm. of all of them. So yeah, so yeah, like, I, I just thought it was interesting because you. you we have this picture in our minds of these massive boxes full of stock coming into these stores, and uh, I think it's it's interesting that it's not really true now. Like you could get you could get a shipping box that only contains two figures. Hmm. Very very interesting. Unless unless they're trying to be a little kinder to uh, sort of smaller distributors by just making. I mean, you can imagine the yeah. price per unit on a shipping box like that would be lower. So. Well, totally, yeah. Uh, hmm. Like may, maybe maybe stores like Meyer and Kmart and Target, maybe they still do get massive boxes worth of stuff. But uh, the, the big old ones. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have a little bit of news about Bumblebee? Uh, we have been. We have are we been, back to discussing whether it's a prequel or a reboot? Uh, we are not. We we are not. But we are talking sequel this oh, week. Oh, good. Okay, excellent. Um, so. So uh, when when we were talking about uh, Bumblebee's box office performance last week, it was sort of just coming out that uh, it had broken three hundred million thanks Fantastic. to China. Thank you very much, China. Terry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquaman, you're a good film, but obviously China has spoken. Ah, look, um, I look, I, I, don't, I don't mind if China wants to choose Bumblebee over Aquaman. I didn't, I didn't mind Aquaman so much, but whatever. Um, so uh, Bumblebee has this week gone through four hundred million, and it's had its uh, cinematic run in China extended by another month. Now that puts it, that also puts it in cinemas during Lunar New Year, which should hopefully um, give it another shot in the arm for revenue. Mm. Now we do know as across 300 million last week that it uh, sort of crossed the threshold of profitability. Um, so the movie has a budget that's projected at around 120 to 130 million. There's some marketing and all sorts of other things related to that. So uh, yeah, like once it hit 300 million, people went out and Paramount executives and producers and directors all started going out and talking about it. So good Excellent. news. And this week having crossed 400 million, they are definitely talking sequel. Um, what what form that sequel takes is interesting. We have heard that there would be a, a Optimus, Prime movie. Optimus Prime movie, but mm. the the sequel talk is now specifically Bumblebee two. So yeah. we, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think I mean, with a lot of this, goes. Yeah, with a lot of this stuff, the only thing that we really know is in development and like mm -hmm. active development is that Cybertron prequel. That's correct, yes. That, uh, other mm. than that, it's all just been, oh, an Optimus movie, Optimus and Bumblebee movie, Bumblebee 2, big Transformers movie. It's all very up in the air. Bumblebee 2. Right? So, so we, we don't quite know what this could be because being a sequel to Bumblebee doesn't necessarily mean this is Bumblebee 2. That could mean, hey, here's a Transformers movie, you know, with a larger robot cast, but it's you know, it leads on from that final scene of Bumblebee with them arriving on Earth. And, but it'll be, you know, likely following the more of a new creative direction set forth in this movie. It, it, this could be, so it could be that, or it could be literally just Bumblebee fights with another pair of Decepticons and some Autobots have some slight cameos. 
Like, I, that's all we know. I personally secretly hope it is a completely out of left field, either a standalone Ironhide movie where he's a grumpy old van just trying to get along in this crazy world, <laughs> or perhaps we'll get the Blitzwing prequel we always wanted just to figure out exactly how he came to be on Earth and how he came to be such a grumpy, grumpy man. I, I think the Blitzwing people <laughs> would just be... A grumpy Transformers, like, Ash. Well, he's grumpy because the whole point is, did you think you could hide? Like, come on, man. He's just the chilling bl- out. The Blitzwing prequel would just be two hours of B-roll from Travis Knight and Lorenzo de Bonaventura sitting in a boardroom and going, okay, he, I'm just arguing about, is this going to be Blitzwing? Is this going to be Starscream? What the hell is this? I've actually got an uncle that works for Nintendo and he says that the opening scene of the Blitzwing movie is actually Starscream saying, you need to go to Earth and pretend to be me. <laughs> Megatron doesn't know I'm hiding. <laughs> Yes, very good. Exactly. Um, look, so it is worth pointing out that since the story is actually on screen, it does specifically say from uh, Deadline, which is a site that uh, has a reputation for being correct. They haven't them. been wrong yet. Yeah, they've got reputable sources. sequel is in development. But it says that might mean a Bumblebee Optimus Prime buddy movie. Who knows? Now, the question I have, obviously, is from the point that the Bumblebee standalone movie was confirmed what was the development period so i mean like we've got this news now going that there's going to be a sequel but i mean is it a case of yep cool we'll see that in 2020 or is it gonna be a bit longer well, than that it's been in development since 2015 right like mm. if, if the script at least was like the first full draft of that we know was really finished in 2015 we don't know what else finished at that point but we know from there the movie went off like the movie uh went into full production uh but obviously so that's a decently long time frame and it was also bumped back from june 2018 to december 2018 mm. so you know there's a lot of talk about uh, shifts in creative direction and all that and so that longer development period and that bump back in time frame leads lends credence to that i so i i feel like i feel like the uh, gestation period for a sequel will be far less than the original um all they really need to do now that they they've got their they've got their creative direction they've got their look, all they really need to do is find the story to to go with it. Um, and, you know, obviously there will need to be some designs done for some new bots because obviously they'll bring some new bots in. They'll need to they'll need to figure out uh, need to figure out what to do. I'll just I'll just throw it out there again. Nineties. Mm-hmm. You can set it in the nineties, and yes, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, imagine what the soundtrack would be like, right? Oh god! <laughs> Can you imagine the color palette? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll, like it could, it could actually be like Bumblebee Generation Two. I mean, they have all those, you know, generic seekers in the background of that Cybertron scene. Do the same thing again, but have in G two Thundercracker flying around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can have the Dayglow Bumblebee sequel for the nineties. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, it's. Very early days yet, but uh, you know, I actually maybe we could finally have the DJ battle between Soundwave and (laughs) Blaster. Oh, (laughs) maybe it could actually happen. Yeah, you know, it'll be good, it'd be great. They can both have uh, human avatars to be their hype guys. Um, the so I I just I'm gonna I'm gonna put a a wild stab in the dark guess out there, but I reckon I reckon 18 months. Mm-hmm. You reckon mm-hmm. it comes out in eighteen? I reckon. Months? I reckon. I reckon eighteen months. It'll be almost upon us. That's ballsy, yep. but probably not unrealistic either. So, so basically, end, end, but... end of end of twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're in. A, I think we're in a good point where if they if they're clever, 
I'm fairly sure that the, the, the developers of the film will see that obviously there was a good reception to the Bumblebee movie. It's a lot of people were tired of the franchise reboot, refresh, remix, whatever you want to call it. People were interested in it. Yeah, which is good. absolutely. Yeah, like people didn't walk out of it going, oh, Christ, another Transformers film. People walked out and went, ah, oh, different. Okay, cool. So even, even yeah, even if you didn't terribly love it, you probably still thought it was different enough that you went, yeah, cool. So I, I'm keen to see what they can do in a sequel. And, you know, you talk about like an 18-month potential time frame, right? Like the Bumblebee, this movie had a very long development cycle, but that's because of, you know, obviously it was a bit of back and forth and, shifting in you know um mm, creative uh, direction creative direction yeah uh but with Bumble- with this hypothetical sequel right they basically know what they need to do it's just like okay get a director get a writer have something with character that has you know more classic art style designs um have a good plot and there that you set that's basically it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. how hard can it be well, I don't know. It took him about ten years to taking, figure, to figure it out. Movies for the original, but yeah. Yep. This one, this story just appeared today, or was it yesterday? Um, the uh, this this month's uh, Figure King magazine in Japan has revealed a new entry in the Golden Lagoon series, which is especially annoying for me because now I need to buy it because <laughs> Golden Lagoon Optimus Prime. I and think I need to wear it around my neck. Yeah, you probably can. So we are looking at Golden Lagoon Soundwave. Now, this is not a masterpiece figure. It is another redeco of Titan's Return Soundwave. Titan's Return beefy Soundwave in all of his glory. He does look quite... He's very solid, some great greebling on him, an incredible, like, surface detail, which is really nicely picked out in the gold. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, let's be honest. This figure at this current point in time was so nice, they released it twice. Remember, they re-released it for the Bumblebee movie as sort of a tie-in to go, you know what, tape deck. He's He's in the film, but it's not him, but it is him, but it's not. But people like this figure. Get it a second time. And now here it is for the third time. This time, it's gold, baby. And, I mean, up at the top where it says Phase 2, does that mean that there's going to be, like, an entire second wave of the Golden Lagoon figures? Is this just the tip of the iceberg or the Goldberg or the... Like, <laughs> you know, that phase thing is... I think it's just the marketing thing that Takara seems to throw around a lot. I, I actually have a feeling it might be the part of the year that it's going to come out. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yeah, Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, the, the phase, the phase two and phase stuff is, it's something that often appears on these photographs of, uh, of Takara products when they're revealed. I'm not sure that we've ever taken that much notice of what the phase numbers are on these, but, uh, we're going to have to do that next time. Mm. Now, the question I have, obviously with a golden sound wave, is there also going to be golden tapes? That is an interesting question. There are no Ooh. tapes pictured, but I not believe one does picture, come with but... them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he came, he came with Laserbeak, did he not? It'd be a missed opportunity yeah. to not do it, anyway. Mm. There's, there's not a lot of parts on those tapes, so it wouldn't be massively expensive to produce. No. It's an interesting question. Um, uh, so it looks to me... Uh, God, I, can't, I can't tell from a glance at that. I can see 2 and 10. It's possible that means like 2nd of October release later in the year. That's quite a way off for... Um, another entry in golden lagoon but maybe it's something else maybe there's maybe that means something else maybe it's connected to phase two but um and yeah oh, who knows there'll so, be two of these figures produced and you'll have 10 minutes to buy them 
uh, that's pretty much how they work on Takara Tomi Mall. Mm-hmm. That's not true. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, Golden Lagoon. If you are onto Golden Lagoon, as I have um, made the unfortunate choice to be, then you've probably got another figure that you're going to have to get. Good luck. Well, I mean, now that they're moving into sort of the leader scales, just just wait for Gold Fortress Maximus, and I'm pretty sure that they'll just say in the ad, we hate your wallet and we want it to die. Oh, no, they love your wallet. Then why do they keep abusing it? <laughs> they, they, they love they love to empty your wallet. It's, it's consensual. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, on this, Sam Mavo, I remember we talked a bit about, you know, when the first lot of these coming through, you know, both a regular retail figures and also the masterpiece prime right there was two two very distinct uh gold colors on them like a quite flat finish plastic and like a really bright gold paint and this one i can see it seems to me like there is two distinct golds here like there is probably a plastic and a paint but the plastic seems much more vibrant than it had previously i think uh so so you can see all the shiny gold parts in robot mode, but in in tape deck mode, the the front of him, like the speakers, is not shiny. And I think that's because that stuff actually folds in on itself. So it's like generally they avoid they avoid the parts that actually connect with and touch other parts actually being mm. shiny. So it has the unfortunate effect of him not being very shiny in tape deck mode, at least for the front. But uh, in yeah. robot mode, he's pretty impressive. And, just a big old. Yeah. It looks like a gold brick with a, with a tape deck. <laughs> it pretty much does. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on. Now uh, we are back to Siege for a uh, follow-up to last week's story about uh, how Galaxy Force Prime was going to be the new, the new uh, leader class Optimus Prime in uh, in the Siege line. Hopefully, coming in probably Wave Two or Wave Three, perhaps. And uh, this week it has been confirmed. So we do have the photograph on screen, which um, is not been met with such universal acclaim as in a uh, word, we thought we were getting Galaxy Force uh, Convoy last week. In a word, when I saw this, I was confused. I was not excited. Go on. <laughs> I, was, I was not disappointed. I was just confused. Like, there's not a lot of times where a Transformer will appear in some in-hand image, blurred promo image, or an artwork where I'll sort of just, I'll go, oh yeah, and I'll either be in for it or I won't. I keep staring at this, and it's like a magic eye puzzle. The, the more I look at it, the more I see, and the less I understand. It's not, it's not for me," said Simon Cow. He is. Maybe a, it is. I don't know. Look, he is. He is a repaint or rework, retool of uh, Ultra Magnus. So there's some things that uh, there's some things that happen as a uh, result of that lineage. To me, like it does look sort of like the chest piece is just attached to the front of another bot. He there. looks like he's got Dame Edna Everage's like massive, like ridiculous on his boobs. Yeah, it's just he's wearing giant novelty glasses across his breasts, and then there's wings on his back, but they have wheels. They are wheelie wings. And then uh, I, I, what, are, you, are you saying are you saying that his his wings are his wings are wheelie bad? His wings are really confusing me. That's yeah, okay. I'd look at it. And I mean, like, underslung, like, big double cannons. I haven't seen that till, like, the old, since, like, the old Kenner Aliens toys in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. But I loved it back then, but now I'm just... I'm, just oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty there for the, uh, pretty there for the yeah, underguns. That's, that's a rule of cool, mate. But underguns. if you look really closely, they are not attached to his hands. No. There are five mil pegs there, so... 
Yeah. But there are, but could. those are attached to the back of the figure. Yeah, they are. Uh, like, maybe. Remember, yeah. this is this is Ultra Magnus too. Yeah, also, so maybe they pivot around the Ultra on the Magnus back. and the legs too. Mm. Yeah. Maybe so they like pivot around and you can actually so they're attached to the back, just like so giant like, like stacks on so the back as well. Yeah, like see, it looks more like a realistic set of weaponry that sort of like can deploy and then he can go onto it. Mm. I'm still very much of the opinion that this figure posed correctly and possibly with some flattering promotional images taken of it, will do a lot more to sell me. But just right now, it just leaves me confused. So I'm guessing the shoulders and chest are mistransformed. Is it, it, that yeah. whole area looks, it like, looks a bit out of place. His chest and beyond that, area really is like solid. here, and then his arm is here. Yeah, and he's got like these weird Shop. flaps like just cut, like hanging off and... Like and, over the top of his knuckles for some reason. And the truth is, nobody likes weird flaps. <laughs> you got me uh, there. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to call it. It's not. Mis- it's not mistransformed, but it's not very flatteringly posed. I think. Yeah. Once some official images come out of this. Uh, we will probably warm to it, like we have the uh, the uh, Ultra Magnus. Show me promo art. I'm I'm all for it. Show me a nice promotional yeah. image. One interesting thing of note is that, you know, obviously well, with a lot of the Siege stuff we've seen, though, designs from the Siege figures translated into the designs of the upcoming RDW continuity. Right? Um, and with the Prime, right, the reason a lot of us thought that this was going to happen within the Siege line was that we saw the design for Prime in the new RDW series was based on the inner robot for the new leader Magnus, right? So like, oh, okay, so they're going to do a leader prime out of that mold. That's right. Um, but so this is obviously carried through here because you can see that chest underneath the larger truck panels. So that makes me wonder, you know, is are we going to have uh, Cybertron Prime in RDW? Maybe, maybe. Uh, I think we'll find out the answer to that in a few months' time once the comics come out and once this figure comes out. Mm-hmm. I do I, I do think it's interesting that you can sort of see the Prime, the new IDW Prime chest design on the shoulders of this, um, which is probably not selling it too well. You, you can a little bit. Yeah, that's a couple of things have come out uh, this week. So Takara is releasing Repugnus and Grotusque, the the previously uh, previously was it Toys R Us exclusive figures? Um, they were they were like I thought they were Amazon only for some of them, or maybe that might have been Counterpunch. Either way, the word exclusive. No, I, think, I think I think Grotusque was the Toys R Us exclusive, yeah. and um, Repugnus was one of the uh, one of the Power of the Primes figures. Mm, the word exclusive was plus. Yeah, sorry, very much a case of Prime Wars trilogy. Yeah, yeah there you go. It was a case of if you want it, you have to do it this particular way and get it this pati- from this particular vendor. It's you're not going to find it at your local toy store. That was that was what was laid down. Now, here we're seeing in a two pack, the people who might have missed it, the people who might have waited. There are opportunities here for the people who want to make their abominus, and I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, they, I was surprised by it. I was never big on the, I mean, you know, this particular range of the combiners, but. I didn't mind these figures. I thought it was quite interesting, but I suppose the question I'd have to ask is when do we start taking the word exclusive seriously or when do we just stop? It's an interesting question. Um, uh, my, my answer to this is that uh, when we do start taking the word, ex- when we stop taking it seriously and we're like, yeah, that's fine, we can buy that later. Oh, it's going to go away. Yeah. 
It's like you, the, look, I think I think we probably already we probably always knew that Takara would do something with these figures. Um, we didn't necessarily expect. Uh, look, it, it is an LG EX as well, so it is going to be slightly expensive because it's sold through TakaraTomiMall.com. It's an exclusive on that, but uh, you know, it's um. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe it still hurts a little bit, but at, at least it is like kind of a Japan-only exclusive, and yeah, it'll it'll be a little bit more difficult for people to acquire. Also, can't really tell from these photos, or from maybe from here. Do you reckon the paint jobs are any different on these figures? Did Repugnus? Did he always have a head that was that yellow? I believe he did actually. His head uh, looks like it is carved out of cheese. His uh, his 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 pecs look darker in this photo. Like the the Hasbro one is pretty bright. Yeah, like see, I sort of I feel like it could be different, but then we haven't seen differences in Takara paint jobs and well, we have anything we since the, we have since maybe. Titans return. We have in Legends, and we're about. Is to Legends recall. still going? This is this, this, oh, is, yeah, this Legends is Legends. Figure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so Hasbro and Takara releasing the same figures around the world. Uh, they did say Takara did say that they will be continuing to make their EX figures, which are slightly different. So, I guess there's a chance that these are slightly different in the paint jobs. Like, um, it's a bit hard to tell from here, but like I said, I, I feel like Grotusk, not Grotusk, sorry, I feel like Repugnus's uh, paint job might be slightly darker than the Hasbro version. Hmm. We shall. Richard. We shall uh, and we can't really tell from there. We can't really tell from there either. So great. Nope. So this story we've left in just for a little bit of a laugh and a mockery. Um, <laughs> we've, we've spent a long time talking about what could have been or what might have been in Transformers Bumblebee. That I think I felt like it's. I felt like we should probably devote a little bit of runtime to what could have been and what might have been in uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. Now, mm. a um. A video has a video has emerged this week of uh, one of the producers of the film discussing what they had planned for the film, what they what they originally um, what they originally sort of wanted to do with the movie, and uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit wild. It's quite different to what we eventually got. And yeah. I'm going to hand over to you to talk about it, Ash, because sure. I haven't watched the video thoroughly, but um, you've got a much better idea of what's in here. Than Absolutely. As a as a reasonably new father, there is uh, many, many uh, a minute where I'm just watching YouTube, just having a quiet <laughs> myself. And it means I watch all manner of things. I actually did sit down and watch this one. And uh, basically, the person that you're speaking of who was talking about is a, is a bloke by the name of Rick Alvarez. He's, uh, he's actually a Transformers creative manager which is a really interesting uh, role. He actually explained that sort of his role was he was uh, effect, effectively... He's a former, isn't he? Uh, I think he's he's a former Transformers creative manager at the moment, but he I don't know what he's doing now. That's what he was doing. But that it, it's interesting that his career was basically Transformers fan to Hasbro creative mind person to like an, an advisor on the Transformers movies. Um it wasn't so much that he laid down any law. He wasn't the guy that says, you must use this character. They must do these things. It was more of a case of, hey, we'd like to see this, and this could be cool, and have you considered doing this? So it means that there was uh, a quite an interesting, I guess, plot for, I mean, a, a plot idea for Age of Extinction being the, being the fourth movie. People might remember that the original teaser poster 
was a big metallic four and half a Decepticon symbol buried in the sand. And, I mean, the actual film came out and there wasn't really much sand going on in there, was there? Also, it wasn't much Decepticons. No, it was, well, I mean, there was <laughs> there was the Decepticlones, the, hmm. the, well, the pixel cars, but we won't talk about that. But he, he basically gave the rundown that an interesting plot point for Decept for Transformers 4 was sort of the idea that there was going to be a, after Decept after the Transformers 3 and, you know, the ending of that film being like, you know, Megatron. Blah, bit the bullet and you know sentinel prime blah, bit the bullet uh the idea was simply that the decepticons without leadership pretty much became outcasts they were not really a faction they were just more or less a, a gang effectively and um they referred to themselves as the lords of deception so not decepticons but we're still going to use that term because we know it and we're familiar with it and um the, the general idea behind the film is that the the lords of deception were basically a group of Decepticons that had banded together lived in the desert where they'd be left alone. Uh, they had a fully sick underground lair. <laughs> they lived in a cave. And um, one of the things that Rick Alvarez took the time to mention is that like, you, we would have imagery of them leaving their cave of a day to go out and like forage for parts and you know Energon and all the rest of it. And as they'd leave, they would slap these two Autobot heads that were hanging above the entrance to their cave which was actually re revealed to be the twins. So uh, that was, I suppose, some creative input on how they felt about the twins from the second film. <laughs> now, it, it only took them a film to get over them. Exactly. Now, uh, the interesting thing that, that he mentioned about the idea was that um, Lockdown was, it looks like Lockdown was always intended to be a dude in uh, Transformers 4. The difference was that in this case, he was effectively going to be the leader of the Lords of Deception, and he was, he was was his alt mode was going to be, to quote Rick Alvarez, a fully brutal Mad Max car. <laughs> so, so like, you know, the last of the V8 interceptors. And um, yeah, he, he, po he pointed on a couple of cool plot points. Um, it looks like Ratchet was always going to die, guys. I know people don't like that snuff that snuff scene from the start of it where he gets basically assassinated but uh the original plot was that uh yeah lockdown was gonna ratchet was going to look into some strange happenings in the desert and get murdered by lockdown and lockdown was going to uh take that massive circular saw that used to be mounted on his hand that he used for precisely nothing and wear it himself so you know there was some you, other... you, can, you can actually see the uh the shot on screen here with uh, actually... lockdown wearing that saw Interesting. Like, I, I don't know whether that was fan art or whether it's official concept I mean, art. That's concept like, art. I can't trace it anywhere. Like, I can't. No, find it. It? I think it? this has just come out from this uh, talk. I think it's been dug yeah. up somewhere. So it does actually say artists is uh, Ken Christensen. Mm. So I mean, it's worth looking at what else he might have done. But I mean, apart from that, the other sort of plot points they were pitting on is there was always going to be Dinobots. Uh, there was originally imagined a very cool scene where Optimus Prime would discover the Dinobots effectively fossilized underground, and he was going to use the Matrix in his chest to shoot a laser to basically brand them as Autobots, which, the way he described it, made it sound pretty cool. But <laughs> mm. so it looks like the bones of the film, Lockdown being a villain, Ratchet being killed in cold blood, and the Dinobots were always there, but the film we got was very different. Yeah, and there's stuff like he. You know, the last two movies had this, you know, it sort of come out of nowhere, there's this big focus on a knight aesthetic. Mm. Because it seems like that was originally supposed to be like a samurai type thing. Yeah. And he also said that they really wanted to get Lance Henriksen back for lockdown. Um, and he was interested as well, but uh, Paramount was in charge of a casting decision, so they couldn't really do anything there. 
Uh, so I'll, I'll just point out uh, Ken Christensen. Uh, I did recognize the name. Ken Christensen is responsible for a shitload of Transformers packaging art. Um, so if you go to his website, you can see the packaging art for uh, Devastator, Combiner Hunters. Oh, really? Yep. I, I love the art for um, Combiner Woes. Combiner Woes. Combiner Woes. Combiner Woes. Yeah. Woes Devastator. It was a very big fan of mine. Yeah, <laughs> I actually really like that artwork. That's super cool. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm it's de definitely worth checking out his website. Um, it is kenchristensen.com. So, yeah. I just I wish there was more of this like this lockdown art that's you know I love how <laughs> in, the, in the corner is just an Autobot symbol on the number four yeah it's just the fourth movie you know uh, look I think I think it's interesting actually that it's an Autobot symbol when the other identities for the movies have the Decepticon one on it but mm. yeah Iron Factory's Megatron also known as Tyrant because that is the name that third parties love giving to yep. love giving to Megatron. We had what Tyrantron, Despotron, Tyrant. I think we've had several Tyrants already. There's many different words for like horrible over the top leader person you can find that's what people use. Absolutely. Synonyms. Synonyms, yes. Synonyms. Um, so this, uh, so the Iron Factory Megatron does seem a little bit more like uh, one of the early IDW designs with the big it's sort of really, um, really IDW. It's it's very IDW, but it's not later IDW because no, uh, it's very... this is actually more like Mega Steel. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. so I think the idea behind this is that it includes parts to be able to create a few different looks for Megatron. Mm. But yeah, the, a general yeah, recurring yeah. thing is that it's all that sort of the more a bit more G1 style and then a bit more of a really early IDW stuff. So, you mm. know, like Stormbringer, Origin, um, Escalation. Mm. And it's amazing that it all sort of boils down to once you sort of change around his head and his shoulders, you end up getting these really unique looks for Megatron. Like right there on the screen at the moment, what we're looking at here is a very G1S kind of Megatron. Really, like you can see the fusion cannon, obviously, it's very much sort of the, the scope. He's got that amazing little laser beak on him. But yeah, it sort of boils down to head, shoulders, style of the fusion cannon, and whether or not he has a, a barrel sticking up his back. I think I think I think Megatron's leg design, like the from the knee down to the foot, is also very distinctive as well. Mm. Especially with the red sort of inside, like it's not the inner thigh, yeah. it's the inner ankle, basically. There is there is one other thing that I wish uh, they would do, which is to stop using their phones to take photographs of these guys, because uh, that's why Laserbeak is not in focus, <laughs> or at least with a good phone. Like what yes. is that Laserbeak from the Soundwave the release that was announced not that long ago? I think it would have to be. So like there's uh, they've you know they've they've thrown in Starscream and Shockwave and Scorponok here, like uh, they're really sort of showing him against uh, against some of their other figures. So like yeah, Laserbeak doesn't. I don't think Laserbeak comes with him, but yeah. Yeah, and then the interesting. Uh, I mean, that's that's not a standard prime either. Is that the Armada? Prime? No, no, that that'll be the uh, that, that'll be the War Within style prime. Uh, it's, it's one of their Iron Factory figures as well. That's sort of a in a similar vein to this, actually. Like, because that prime, right? Like the robot modes based on early IDW, and an alt modes based on War Within, and there's like a powered up form that's based on Gen Rhino. It was crap. So, it's like that's where that prime has different forms. A large different areas of prime, whereas this Megatron has just one base robot on vehicle mode that can be changed around to look like different Megatrons. I do sort of feel looking at the looking at this shot, um, Megatron's torso looks too small. But, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, it, in this kind of look, it does seem to be the case. 
Yeah. Yeah. Still. Um, the the tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. The tyrant. That's, that's what it's... the box says, boys. The tyrant. And then obviously it sort of has the rundown of the four different main ones there. So. Yeah, there's lots of different modes there, but yeah, look, honestly, neither of the modes really seems to capture sort of the the more iconic Alex Milne more than meets the eye design. But yeah. uh, you know, I maybe mean, they'll save that for another one. I mean, as a legend size Megatron, I mean, going up against the likes of like you know the Generation Toy release of Mega Mega Sorry, as it were. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's a pretty cool looking dude. I mean, I really do like what Iron Factory does. I like that their their reinterpretations of characters seem to be still very very uh what's the, the word i'm looking for is they're still very accurate i think they're very faithful yeah faith was a better word for it they they still like they sort of go we're going to tweak this character but they do it in a way that they sort of they lean on the strengths of the character they bring out more characterization they're working on this scale it's legends it's tiny but like little things like the shrike's feather release as like a as a slipstream like a character that came from nowhere their slipstream looks amazing and you know i love that figure of tarn and megatron hanging out yeah, if only his Tarn's just sort of gazing at him. I still kind of like. I, I still kind of feel looking at uh, looking at this. I feel like Iron Factory still relies a little bit on a little bit too much on little details. Like there's all these little guns stuck mm. on Megatron and sort of pointing. I don't get the short guns. Yeah, I, like I don't. Why does he have pistols hanging off his shoulders? But yeah. Anyway, uh, like I said, probably not for me. Um, but it's probably a figure that I'll see in someone's hand in a couple of months' time and go, "Oh, I really want one of those." But uh, well, yeah. then I'll struggle to find. So we'll see. It's unfortunate that a lot of people sort of fall down the rabbit hole of going, "You know what? I collect masterpiece, and now I collect legends figures as well." And you know what? The one thing that's common between all of it, I'm broke. Yes. <laughs> that's it. Notable only for sort of the direction that's going in for us. Like I don't, I don't think any of us are into this directly. But uh, Toy World has a legend scaled Beast Wars Transmetal Megatron coming out. Like we, we we sort of we put this in so that we can talk about the fact that uh, companies are sort Look of leaning his, leaning into Beast Wars more. Look at his little hand. I know he's, he's little his little <laughs> hand and his little terad like is it a pterodactyl? I don't know. It's he's, like, well, he's got his pincer tail, which is just yes. odd and weird. But yeah, much like you said, Jason, it's interesting that we're sort of reaching a point where Beast Wars is coming back in a big way. I mean, we've got masterpiece figures of Beast Wars nowadays, and a lot of third parties is going, hey, people are buying this stuff, which means that if we make this stuff, they may buy it from us. I think it's worth noting also that um, we are expecting Beast Wars, uh, Beast Wars masterpiece Megatron in the next week and a half. Have we seen a um, price for him yet? It is very... half, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he is due out this month. And I I even just checked with my supplier yesterday and he said he's he's had no change to his ETA. So um, yeah. he will be getting loaded into loaded into containers and shipped out in the next few days, I think. So generally the yes will happen at any moment now. Uh, pretty much, yes. So um look pretty I'm, much yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, I'm not that into I'm not that into Beast Wars characters. I, I do get the Beast Wars masterpieces mainly because I cannot have a hole in my numbering collection for Beast Wars oh. uh, or because of Beast Wars for my masterpiece figures. But also, once I've gotten them out and played with them, I do actually quite like them. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I'm, I'm A-OK with the, the Beast Wars figures. Megatron is super expensive, and uh, that price is only going to go up further for Optimus Prime. So what is that price for Megatron? I think it's somewhere between 350 and 400 I was about to say 400 would not surprise me. Yeah. 
I mean, so, yeah. he, he comes with a lot of stuff. He's a very, very amazing figure. Like, just incredible likeness, really cool transformation. He's quite big, too. He's a big, big boy. He's, yeah. a big, he's a big boy. He's also a big purple T-Rex, and, you know... What's not to love? He's not Barney, but, you know, <laughs> you know. Sad news to round out the news section. If you are... If you're a fan of uh, Combiner Wars and Titans Return and Power of the Primes, or Machinima in general, if you're like if you're a fan of Machinima and some of the some of the videos that were created by some of the creators that are still out there and interacting with their fan bases, uh, Machinima has been acquired by a uh, by another company and they have merged with a company called Full Screen, and as a part of that merging process, they have uh, set everything on YouTube to private and removed a whole bunch of things. So mm. uh, this includes all of the um, all of the Prime Wars trilogy. Uh, animated cartoons that they made and um yeah if you were <laughs> if you hadn't watched them as ash said right before the show i was i was hey i was watching that yeah um you're going to have to track them down on like the dark web of uh, like shadow exactly. youtube or vimeo or wherever you'll have to watch it on somebody's youtube channel like prime fan 1991 underscore yes and he's gonna have to put it in a smaller window and he's gonna have to change the audio and it's gonna be upside down and back to front so it doesn't get copyright struck but the bottom line is yes if you were halfway through watching it much like i was and you thought that's fine it'll be on the internet forever i'll watch it next time i take a dump well guess what you should have watched it earlier <laughs> or you should have taken a dump earlier. Either way, you've missed out. And the thing about the Prime Trilogy... I, I, would, actually argue, yeah. I would actually argue that the dump may have been more interesting. Fair yeah, you, not miss, you say miss did. out, but I don't know it, what anyone was missing out on. It did, not, did, get, it did not get better. It did it, not. They did improve, but not in a massive amount. Like, the voice it's, acting got better. The animation got better it still wasn't groundbreaking never was every improvement is like the difference between having gastro and having the flu it's <laughs> one is slightly less fun. uncomfortable one yeah. you're blowing out your butt the other one you're blowing out your nose yeah it's like, not that was fun they both affect you on a level to a point where it makes you unable to you know act normally for as you normally would because you're so affected by how terrible it is. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> I forgot what I, I forgot what the second part of a joke was. So, so, check so enraged by the Prime Wars trilogy was Max that he forgot to finish his insult. Well, yeah, I can well, tell you this guys right now, the Prime Wars trilogy is available on YouTube in its entirety on any number of other people's re of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it for... is everywhere. I think the main concern of this has been less the loss of what this soulless mess and more like machinima, you know, which initially started as this avenue for a lot of like smaller creators and like video game related stuff to get their content out there and really, um, you know, uh, make themselves known and bring that stuff to machinima type stuff to a forefront. Now that's basically all gone. The, it, Machinima's, uh, Machinima's YouTube channel was, in fact, the archive of uh, some of the sort of more well-known podcasts and videocasts around. And 
a lot of a lot of the creators from Machinima's early days have since left Machinima and gone on their own, but they always sort of took solace in the fact that their early stuff was always available online. And so there's been a bit of an outpouring of people going, oh, all my old videos are gone. Um, you know, they're not they're not coming back. Nobody's communicated this with me. Um, one one thing that I do think was funny was that someone actually posted a, an excerpt from the email that was sent to all the creators whose videos were on the YouTube channel saying that uh, they have uh, they have done their best to ensure that a smooth a smooth and easy transition uh, would occur as Machinima uh, was subsumed into the full screen brand. And uh, yes, smooth and smooth and easy. Uh, this was not. No. Yeah. Quite the opposite. It literally vanished in the middle of the night. It's like sitting in your lounge room and suddenly all the furniture vanishes and your TV's gone. You're like, well, I was watching that. Well, yeah, but I, the I, furniture I was covered in mold. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the it wasn't good was not furniture. Great. No. That is it for the news. Uh, we have been we have been on the air for about an hour and a bit. Um, mm -hmm. Max, I think you've got you've got a new acquisition. I have not, and uh, beyond the ones that we've already talked Siege. about, I'm not sure Siege. you have either. Ash, do you? I do. I have a surprise figure, but I, um, Ooh. I mean, well, let's talk about Max's first, and we'll get. We'll Max, go to yours. I know what Max's Max is. Doesn't... I'm interested. Yeah, so, um, right, this is uh the Ocular Max. Uh, what's the full name? Oculum Lakes Perfection Ter Series. Terragious Rally. Terragious Rally. Uh, basically, Oculum Max is Mastermind Creations, but doing Masterpiece-style figures. Their Terragious was a Trailbreaker, and this is their Trailbreaker done up, but I believe it's in the style of uh, Daycar Rally. I think I think that's the rally it is. Yeah. All, all I know is well, it's, it's a just, rally style, yeah. it's like uh, slightly more, it's like a Trailbreaker in a sort of rally color scheme and it yellow looks, it looks we, we beautiful. Were, we it's were just such a day glow transformers. This is pretty mm, much the definition yeah. of it, right? Yeah. yeah. It is it's not perfect engineering wise. Like you can see the foot's really floppy there. And you have to like be very specific about where you apply pressure when you bend his knees, because otherwise yeah. things will just come apart. Um mm. the weapon integration isn't the greatest in the world. Like it's all a bit there's just a whole bunch of little parts, but it's a bit unclear what you're supposed to do, and none of it quite holds in properly. And then the transformation is has some decent steps, but it, it lacks that MMC polish. You know what I mean? That you'd find on things like their um, Tarn and Impact and all that. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, despite not you know not being necessarily the most technically impressive figure in the world. Just from a visual perspective alone, it is beautiful. He is a very nice yellow fellow. Very yeah, true. he. Yeah, and I love all the stuff like he's coming in all these little um, sticker details, you know, sort of stuff like as a lot of callbacks to like other uh, MMC products. You know, as uh, what is it? There's uh, you know Remix few raw perfection series like the Ravage. Um, there's other stuff on there as well, you know, stuff like sponsor logos are like skiing penguin. Is the, <laughs> yes. Whereas like the ages free and up logo is on here. There's uh, Unam Studios. Uh, there's a whole bunch of little callbacks on there, and it's all yeah, it's all pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, and when I say it has technical issues, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. I would like I'd certainly 
as a piece of engineering, it's not a bad figure, right? It's just, it's not up to what you expect from MMC. And that's, unfortunately, from what I've heard, that's kind of path of the course with Ocular Max. But yeah, if I, you... I, I was going to say, like, Ocular Max really, like, I feel like Ocular Max has never really managed to equal the the excellence that was their first release, which was Sphinx. Mm. Um, and for everyone, everyone who watches the Venture Brothers has just gone Sphinx. <laughs> but um, I hear their RC um, sort of is more in line with the uh, Sphinx and regular MMC stuff, so it might be worth checking out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even like if you don't compare it to you know those big you know, famous, iconic MMC releases and you just look at it as a figure in and of itself, then you know, the engineering's all there and it all works generally pretty well. Um, and so it'll, and it all comes wrapped up in a, not, in a very aesthetically pleasing package. And uh, also, I should mention that this was a prize from a TCCA donation drive. So I was wondering, I a, was wondering where you acquired this from. Yeah, nice. So that is a little incentive for anyone who's on the fence. You can. This is only, this was like the fifth or sixth choice as well. So you get a little incentive there. Mm -hmm. uh, so is there nothing else from anyone else? Uh, Ash has something. I managed to get. Uh, in the in the vein of things that are both jets and tanks, but I actually managed to get a hold of Sky Shadow. Sky Shadow, yes. Mm. He's a very exceptionally, surprisingly fantastic little fellow. Incredible head sculpt. I mean, coming from the range of... He, he's of, a very good-looking oh, boy. He looks like a anime robot, doesn't he? Like, he does. I mean, he's, he's sort of your... His ear veins and all the rest of it. But just as, a, as effectively the big giant duocon dude that he is... His transformation is flawless, very fun. His head sculpt is incredible from, you know, the, the Titan Master time when the headmasters were sort of... A lot of them were pretty okay, but, I mean, none of them were really stand out incredible, but just he's a nice, sinister black and silver and red dude who turns into a mean-looking jet, a really nice-looking tank, and I love him, and he is great, and as far as leader figures go, he's just, he's exceptional. Like, look at him in my hands. He's just, he's a big, big boy. He's a, he's a big unit, and very mm. poseable. Looks like he's got some ankle tilts going got, on there as well. He's got some amazing ankle tit ac action moving <laughs> off the thing. Ankle tits. Uh, great. Just, he's got ball-jointed knees. Uh, he's got ball-jointed thighs. He's got incredible, like, really really hungry, hungry knee joints that just want to stay everywhere. The only thing that kind of bothers me is obviously, I just, I feel that any bot that goes above Voyager scale needs a nice hand sculpt, or at least just needs to be more mm. than just a block of plastic. I mean, I'm not talking full finger articulation, but having the whole, this is nice. Like, even if you've got your key, key, uh, keyboard fingers, he's just very, very pretty. And I probably transform him at least twice a week. I just see him and go, yeah, let's let's go again. <laughs> Especially because you can have the whole, I'm not feeling too well. <laughs> splits perfectly in half. So if you really want to, you can actually do the whole Darth Maul ending from uh, episode one. He's the right color too. Yeah, exactly. He's black. He's a black and red fella that just, you know, gets torn in half very easily. And uh, I feel like now that I've got Skytread, he's got a son. <laughs> tanks jets everybody's friends around here it's all very good they all they all love like they're all they all love to combine the decepticons don't they yeah well i mean that's the thing we were discussing earlier there's not really such thing as an autobot duocon but then there's dozens for the decepticons yeah totally. they've cornered the market <laughs> bastards 
All right, look, uh, very quickly before we uh, finish off, I am going to show off the thing that I made over the weekend. I didn't make most of this, but, uh, and hang on, I'll just switch the camera on to me. So um, I have collected a bunch of, uh, bunch of pins over the time. How are they? There. I've collected a bunch of, bin, bunch of pins over the last couple of years. And uh, so I finally decided to sort of put them together on a notice board and have thus realized that I don't have that many of them. So I need to buy more. <laughs> Um, or I you do, can buy a smaller notice board and make I, them look like this more. It's already quite small. This the notice board was two dollars <laughs> eighty at Daiso, so yeah, it's gone well. So I've got the uh, got the little we achieved something from uh, um, oh, I think it's Lee Bobowitz's um, Kickstarter. There's a couple of pins from uh, different places. Uh, I can't remember everyone's name at the moment, um, but yeah. So the, a lot of them are very heavily, uh, very heavily more than meets the eye and lost light focused. I am a okay with that obviously mm -hmm. and uh yeah i'm i'm going to uh return to prowling the uh, internet looking for transformers pins excellent i'm i'm a big fan of pins in general i really do like the it's something quantifiably fun so i i've i've gotten i've gotten into pins and over the last few years because uh, in my in my other life i go to um technology trade shows and as mobile world congress is coming up i'll be disappearing at the end of february to head over to barcelona for a couple of weeks and during that time uh, google runs a pin chase at uh, mobile world congress where you, you have to sort of go to all of google's partner stands and collect android pins and so i the, one of the reasons i got the notice board for this lot was because I also got a, a larger notice board for the Android pins this week as well. So um, nice. I've been uh, sort of setting them up and making sure that uh, making sure that they're sort of uh, properly mounted and uh, measured up and uh, yeah, ready to sort of actually be hung up on display. So hmm, yeah, so working on that. <laughs> nice. Anyway, I think that's uh, I think that's about it for the show. Um, we have. We've certainly run out of run sheets, so uh, I think it's about time we end the show. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And if you are watching along with the live record, as a couple of people did, uh, it is late on a Friday night, so fair enough. Thanks for checking us out. If you want to find out more about these stories, you'll find the links to all of them and uh, some more things if we've got to talk about them in the show notes. They are posted to the uh, Australian Transformers Weekly Facebook page and the Podbean site, which is transformersweekly.podbean.com. You can find us on Facebook at Australian Transformers Weekly and uh, Max and Ash and myself are all quite active in Transformers Collectors Club Australia on Facebook. Uh, we are a production of Transformers Collectors Club Australia. It's a registered club in Victoria. We're run by volunteers like us who donate their time and money like us on a Friday night to make the club better for everyone. Our goal is to connect Transformers fans around the country. We do it by engaging the collecting community. We uh, like to attend trade shows and uh, not trade shows so much as uh, more 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 conventions. Uh, I'm, I'm still in trade show mode. I'm excited about Barcelona. If there's Transformers <laughs> trade shows out there, please sign me well, up. Well, there are. Not aware. Right? Like, so Hasbro does Toy Fair in uh, in Melbourne sort of around February, March mm -hmm. each year as well. So They do indeed. There are trade shows and there, there's usually a bit of a... Um, there's usually a bit of a uh, advanced look at some upcoming figures around that time, hopefully coming out soon. Um, but yeah. Sorry, Max, what were you saying? And on occasion, there's a bit of TCCA presence at said trade fair. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, occasionally, occasionally. Um, you can find out more information about the club, including some affordable yearly membership options to show your support at transformerscca.com. And uh, as Max just pointed out, he did uh, he did win his uh, Ocular Max Terrages Rally as a raffle prize. We do. You too could be a winner. Donation drives, yes. Uh, so that is it from us. Uh, Max and Ash, thanks for joining me. We'll be back with uh, more Transformers news next week. Bye-bye. Slider. All that's news to news to new news. The new news. The new news. news. I should probably push the stop broadcast button. Oh, okay. <laughs>